Man in a Duck Entertainment presents Quantum Leap Recovery, the official podcast of Pikes Peak Recovery Coaching. Please welcome our host, Dr. Peter Gregg. Thank you, Donna. Hi, and this is Peter, and welcome to our episode of Quantum Leap Recovery, Episode 2. We're going to talk about all things drug and alcohol, addiction recovery. No topic will be out of bounds, and we will explore many views and approaches to recovery. No one way is king or queen here, and every show we will stop for a corny joke. Oh, I must give a medical disclaimer. The Quantum Leap Recovery podcast does not contain or give medical advice. The contents of this podcast are not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your physician for personalized medical advice and care. Always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions regarding a medical condition. First, a bit about me, your host. What's my bio, my story? As Donna mentioned, my name is Dr. Peter Gregg, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. So why do podcasts? Stephen Pressfield said, It's one thing to study war, another to lead a warrior's life. And I want insights from you warriors. But studying war is important as well. So I want to share medical information and my medical experiences. I want to help people struggling with recovery issues. So please send me questions and comments at grigresearch at gmail.com. That's G-R-I-G-G-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H at gmail.com. So on today's podcast, let's discuss some controversies currently raging in the recovery community. First, why so much relapsing? Unsuccessful attempts at recovery seem to garner more attention than success stories. Why do so many people return to active addiction after initially addressing their problem and receiving help? Were they unmotivated, unconvinced, undertreated, or too far gone? Or is it something more? Do you remember actors Philip Seymour Hoffman and Corey Monteth? Let's go with actor Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was found dead in his New York apartment with a syringe in his left arm and died of an acute mixed drug intoxication, including heroin, cocaine, benzodiazepines, and amphetamines. Hoffman was remarkable. He worked on more than 50 films during his 25-year career as an actor, director, and producer. He left a legacy of iconic performances, including but not limited to his Oscar-winning role as Truman Capote in Capote, as well as his phenomenal work in The Master, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Almost Famous, The Savages, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, The Talented Mr. Ripley, The Big Lebrowski, 25th Hour, Punch Drunk Love, Moneyball, and others. He was also known for his role in the Hunger Games, Catching Fire. Hoffman was no stranger to addiction and had been treated in rehab for alcohol and drug abuse at least twice throughout his career. 
He discussed his struggles with addiction, and in 2006, Hoffman told 60 Minutes that he had been sober since the age of 22. A week before his overdose, a close friend noted that Hoffman appeared clean and sober and was basically his old self. His friend marveled as he thought Hoffman's addiction chapter was truly over. When addicts stop doing heroin for a while and then return to it, they are often killed by amounts they have could have previously withstand. Hoffman's death stirred up public discussions and questions. Is addiction a brain disease or a choice or something else? Why would successful celebrities throw it all away by choosing to take drugs and ultimately overdose on drugs like heroin? Why would Hoffman and countless others choose their addiction over their success, their families, and ultimately their lives? If a rich guy like Hoffman, who can get any treatment he wants, relapses, what hope is there for me? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Send them to me. Let me know. And now it's time for a corny joke. What did the mayonnaise say when someone opened the refrigerator door? Close it. I'm dressing. (laughs) Do you believe there are multiple pathways of recovery? Hey, Peter, I don't even know what a pathway to recovery is. What is it? How can I know if I am for it or not, if I'm ignorant even of the term? Bill White states in his June 2016 blog post titled, Recovery Pathways Are Not Always a Pathway, states, The addiction recovery experience has been sliced and diced in all manner of categories, secular, spiritual, religious, natural recovery, peer-assisted and treatment-assisted recovery, abstinent-based, moderation-based, and medication-assisted. Recovery achieved through any of these frameworks is often referred to as a pathway to recovery. What are all those pathways? How is a secular pathway different from a spiritual pathway? How is peer-assisted different from treatment-assisted pathways of recovery? I've never heard of these terms. Well, we will discuss them as we go along. There are other people in long-term recovery who have created a personal style of recovery that is metaphorically a mosaic that is evolving with ingredients continually forged and exchanged. They unwittingly may be applying the teaching of the great martial artist Bruce Lee, who said, research your experience, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and personalize the rest. So, yeah... I believe in supporting multiple pathways to recovery or of recovery. Recovery is an individualized process, and I support people with substance use disorders in finding a recovery path that is meaningful to them. What do you think of that idea? The celebration of recovery pluralism and a philosophy of choice should be the core of comprehensive systems of care for substance use disorders, writes William White. Are you very set in your ways to what works in addiction recovery? Are you open-minded about multiple pathways of recovery? Or do you have contempt prior to investigation? 
There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation, wrote Herbert Spencer. Could exhibiting contempt prior to investigation be a sign of alcoholism, addiction, alcohol use disorder, or substance use disorder? Yes, some believe contempt prior to investigation as much a symptom of alcoholism as cirrhosis of the liver, lying to your doctor, or hiding that bottle of vodka. Do you have an inner fear that you may end up getting drunk or marginalized by 12-step peers if you outwardly supported other pathways of recovery for others? Let's consider a different problem or conflict, the issue of addiction and personal responsibility. This issue of personal responsibility leads to a great deal of controversy about addictions, and this issue of personal responsibility is not unique to addictive disorders. Consider for a minute people who have high blood pressure and heart disease because of their obesity, and cancer patients who smoke cigarettes. Some part of the illness is due to lifestyle choices, things we have control over, but other parts of these illnesses have genetic predispositions, things we don't have control over. Who or what caused the problem and who should fix it? These two questions yield four possibilities with respect to responsibility for personal problems. The first is the moral model. People are responsible for creating and solving their own problems. Then there's the medical model. People are not responsible for creating or solving their own problems. The enlightenment model. People are responsible for creating but not solving their own problems. And the compensatory model. People are responsible for solving but not creating their own problems. The mentalhelp.net website has great explanations of these models. Let's talk a little bit more about the moral model. I'm responsible for creating the problem and I'm responsible for solving it. What do I need to solve this problem? Proper motivation. Someone else might say, it's your own fault, so I'm not going to help you. You need to solve this problem on your own. Extreme, exaggerated version of this model. Faculty and Faulty and distorted thinking, such as everything that happens to me is my own fault. Or, I can solve all my own problems. I don't need anyone. Whereas a healthy recovery application of this model would go like, I decided to start drinking, and now I'm deciding to stop. Let's talk about the medical model. I'm not responsible for creating the problem, but I'm not responsible for solving it. What do I need to solve the problem? I need treatment, and I need experts. Someone else might say, you are ill. You need help. An extreme, exaggerated version of this model, becoming helpless and completely dependent upon others. A healthy recovery application would go like this. I didn't plan on having these problems, and I have no idea how to get rid of them. I should follow the advice and suggestions of the experts who are trying to help me. Then there's the enlightenment model. 
I'm responsible for creating the problem, but I'm not responsible for solving it. What do I need to solve the problem? People would argue self-discipline. Someone else might say, it's clear you don't understand the true nature of your problems, so let me explain it to you. An extreme exaggerated version of the model becoming crippled and ineffective because of extreme guilt and self-loathing and complete submission to authority, blindly following others. A healthy application would go like this. Looking back, I see what I did to cause my addiction, and I've learned from my mistakes. Now I'm going to follow the guidance and direction of a greater authority that can show me how to change my life, completely if necessary. And then finally, a, a compensatory model. I'm not responsible for creating the problem, but I am responsible for solving it. What do I need to solve the problem? I need knowledge. I need skills and perhaps money. Someone else might say, I respect you for your efforts. Let me know if you need any help. An extreme, exaggerated version of the model Failing to recognize one's own limitations, grandiosity, stubbornly refusing help of any sort. And a healthy application. I sure wish I didn't have these problems. However, since I do, I'm going to figure out how to resolve them. I'll get some help if I need it. What model do you relate to? Well, that wraps it up for today. Remember to support our program on Red Circle. Help us to get to 100,000 downloads a month. And email any suggestions to grigresearch at gmail.com. That's G-R-I-G-G-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H at gmail.com. Please remember to get your medical care from a trained professional. Next episode, we will focus on the frameworks of recovery. Thank you and good night. This has been Quantum Leap Recovery.